What up, church? Happy Sunday. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. Today's a great day. Today's a great day. And I'm really excited about this message and this topic that I get to share with you here from Buffalo. Um, and what's up to everybody in Fort Erie? Can't wait to see you all again. What's up to everyone online? Can't wait to meet you one day. Um, let's just jump right in. Let's just jump right in. So first of all, excuse me if this wedding ring like kind of gets in my way and kind of throws a glare or anything like that. I'm still getting used to it. And the last time that you saw me, I didn't have this on. So if that bling bling starts to like reflect off a little bit, it's give me a little bit of grace because I'm still learning how to use it. And uh, I want to say that I am officially about seven weeks married. So for anyone who needs wedding advice or marriage advice, who hasn't been married for at least seven weeks, come see me because I am officially authorized and anointed to talk about some stuff as long as you haven't been married more than seven weeks, because I, I don't really know what comes after seven weeks yet, but here we are. So like I said, today is gonna be great. I'm really excited about today's topic. We've been talking about miracles and this whole theme of when pigs can fly. And today we're gonna be talking about something that's really near and dear to my heart, because honestly, guys, this revelation has changed my life. Today we're gonna be talking about the miracle of provision. So get your Bibles, get a pen, get a piece of paper, we're gonna read a few scriptures. I'm gonna give you guys some things to study and just take note of, and I'm gonna build a case for you. I'm gonna build a pretty strong case based on the word and based on God, but it's up to you to receive it. It's changed my life. I know that it, can, it will change yours, but it's up to you to receive it. So let's jump in. But first, I need a little bit of audience participation. All right, so I'm gonna ask a question and I want you to raise your hand, all right? So very simple, so question, raise your hand if that pertains to you. If that doesn't, then sit on your hands or put them down, I don't care, but raise your hand. A little bit of audience participation will be great. I can't see you, but other people can see you, so we'll know if you actually contributed to this or not. So question number one, who here likes the idea or likes the sound of a miracle of provision? like a financial miracle. That sounds good, right? A financial miracle, yeah, God does something great. A financial miracle, a miracle of provision. That sounds awesome, right? I want that, don't you? You know what's cool? The dictionary actually defines miracle as literally a wonder or a wonderful thing. I didn't add to literally. The, the actual dictionary says the definition of a miracle, definition now, literally, comma, a wonder or a wonderful thing. So think of a wonder of a financial provision or a wonder of a financial testimony or a financial miracle. That sounds great, right? I would want that. Question number two, who here believes that God can do a financial miracle? Who here believes that God, if he wanted to right now, could drop a financial miracle right in your bucket, he could just drop it on your lap, your debt's demolished, you know, your credit card's taken care of, you know, your, your daycare provided for, more than enough, funding for that new project or that new venture you have, or whatever it is. Who here believes that God has the power, he has the ability, and if he wanted to right now, he can. I believe that. I'm like, turn around right now. I believe good. So my third question is, why hasn't he? Or has he? What if I told you that you don't have to wait around on God just hoping and wishing for your next provision or financial miracle? What if I told you that God has already set in motion right here, right now, before we even got to this earth, everything that we would ever need in order to set us up to produce our next financial miracle? 
I said produce, I said produce on purpose. You see, producing is on demand, it's on purpose, it's intentional. What if I told you that everything that you and I will ever need in order to start, in order to accomplish, and in order to see a financial miracle in our lives, no matter what it is, God has already given to us. It's our, in, in some way, somehow, it's in our hands, right here, right now. So I guess the next logical question would be, well, if that's the case, what is it? Or where is it? And that's a really good question, and that's what I wanna talk about today. So I'm gonna read a few scriptures, and let's remember, we're talking about the miracle of provision. So I think maybe the best place to start would probably be in the place that started it all. So let's go back to Genesis, and I wanna read Genesis 1, 28 and 29, and these are some of the very first words that God ever spoke to Adam. Remember, Adam was the original man, and, and he's kind of how we were supposed to live life, and the thing with Adam happened, whatever, Jesus came, and, and he's our new example, but things are still set forth after Adam, so everything that God told Adam still applies to us today. So let me read this to you. In Genesis 1, 28, 29, it says, Then God blessed them, and he said, Be fruitful and multiply. Go fill the earth, go govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Take dominion, rule, be fruitful, multiply. I want to I key in on that word multiply here because that's what we're talking about, a miracle of provision and multiplying. We'll see what that means. Verse 29, then God said, look. So I, I can imagine, you know, Adam and Eve, they're, they're thinking, you know, God says, go multiply, go be fruitful, go multiply. And they're like, okay, okay, how? Like, what, how do I do that? And then God says in verse 29, look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit of the trees for your food. A few chapters later in Genesis chapter eight, and in verse 22, God is actually talking to, to Noah. And he says that as long as the earth remains, okay, as long as the earth remains, cold and heat, winter, summer, day and night, if you hate winter, I'm sorry, as long as the earth remains, winter's gonna be here. All right, cold and heat, winter, summer, day and night, and guess what? Seed time and harvest. It will never cease. Now that's cool. You might be like, okay, that's great. That's Old Testament. Give me something New Testament. Give me something for today. Well, that's still for today, all right? But I'm gonna give you something New Testament because this is helpful for me to understand. Like, I like to take things from the old and I like to, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I like to filter it through a New Testament lens. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us pretty, plainly, or let me say God tells us pretty plainly. I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm going to start in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 through 11. Ready? Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. So let giving flow from your heart, not just from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving because God loves a hilarious giver. Here we go. Verse eight. And God is more than ready. Or if, if we're waiting, well, God's ready. God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. Why? So that you will have more than enough in every single thing and in every single way. The Bible says that God will make you overflow in abundance in every good thing. Now that sounds great. I'm like, yeah, that's me. I want that. God, make me overflow in abundance every good thing. That's my confession. That's our truth. That's what we can stand on. But who is, who is the scriptures talking to here? The scripture isn't just talking to anybody, although it is. It ain't just talking to everybody, although it is. This passage of scripture is very specifically talking to people who operate in this law of seed time and harvest. See, verse 10 says, 
This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which is a sower, all right, who supplies abundant seed for the sower, which becomes bread for our meals, he is even more extravagant toward you. You see, first he supplies everything that we need, plus more, all right? He supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory, plus more, that's seed to sow. And then he multiplies the seed, here we go, as you sow it. Say that, he multiplies the seed as we sow it. Why? So that the harvest of our generosity will grow. It's very clear, why? Why does he multiply it as we sow it? So that the harvest will grow. There's a multiplication factor on this. He multiplies it as we sow it so that it'll grow. And then that way we will be abundantly enriched in every way as we give generously and sow generously on every occasion. You see, this thing that God has given us to produce, and yes, again, produce a financial or a provisional miracle in our lives right here, right now, today, is the law of seed time and harvest. I'll say it again, the key to producing your next financial miracle, I'll say it this way, it's been with you the whole time. I'm talking sweatless miracles too. I'm not just talking about toiling. You know, the blessing makes us rich without toil. I, I got a great chance to talk about that before, um, but I'm talking sweatless miracles. I'm talking about it being added onto you. Because let's be honest here, how many know there's many sources in the world? You can go out and make a million dollars. If that's important, you can. You can work to the bone, you can steal, you can cheat, or you can climb your way up the corporate ladder. You can do all of that. I don't want it that way. I want it added unto me. I want the miraculous involved. Let's be real here, provision is important. We talked about this before. You wanna change the world, you need some provision, okay? And the Bible is very clear that God has already given us everything that we will ever need in order to produce a financial miracle in our lives, no matter what it is. And that thing is a seed. You see, there's power in this law. The principle of seed time and harvest is a law. That means it's not going anywhere. Like gravity. Gravity is a law. You can't escape it. You know, and, and, and until you go out of the earth, you can't escape gravity. And the Bible says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, along with his multiplication, all right, sowing and reaping, in other words, the miracle of provision, it will not go away. Now you might be like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool, but like make that real to me. Let me make it as real as I can. You see me? That means there's still an earth. <laughs> this camera in front of me lets me know that there's still an earth. This building that I'm in lets me know that there's still an earth. I'm still here, you still here, we still here. That means the law of seed time and harvest, it has not gone away. And let me also say, it doesn't go away just because you get saved, okay? It doesn't go away just because you get saved. It's like, now I'm blessed, ah, la, la, I don't have to sow anymore, I don't have to do, no, you do. As long as the earth remains, there's no parentheses, there's no brackets. It's as long as the earth remains, this principle of seed time and harvest will not go away. And guys, that's amazing news for us. That's amazing news for us. But what we wanna do is we wanna learn together how to utilize it. You see, Isaac did that. The story of Isaac back in Genesis 26, you know, he moved to a land that God told him to go to. Um, you know, he heard from God, God said, go here. He goes there, there's nothing. So what did Isaac do? Isaac, beyond logic and beyond reason, put this principle and this power into work. The Bible says he sold in a time of famine. Famine is bad economy. Famine is bad stock market. Famine is a pandemic. 
famine is when you ha don't have a job. He sowed in a time of famine. And even cooler is right in that same verse, the word says that he reaped a hundredfold that very same year. You see, like Isaac, sowing or the seed time portion, that's our portion. Say this, say that's my job. That's my job, that's your job, we're the sowers. But the miracle, the miracle is in the harvest. You see, the miracle is in the multiplication. And guess what? Thank God I don't have to do the multiplying. Cause you'd be like, hey Joe, here's my, here's, here's what I got. Can you multiply this? I'm like, um, um, I can try, you know, I can, I can try, I can try and invest it, I can try and do some things. I can try and flip it, I, I don't know. I can try to stretch it, you know what I'm saying? I, I can try and do something with it, but God knows how to multiply it every single time. 30, 60, 100 fold, and there's even greater promises of a thousand times more. So I'm thankful that the heavy load, the miracle part, the multiplying part is God's portion. So let me ask you this, how does a seed grow into a tree? I have no clue. I, I really don't know. Like I can tell you what the books have told me and like what I saw in National Geographic, you know, where they do like the cool video edits, almost like a time lapse, kind of underground, like the seed going in and then the thing sprouting and then, you know, kind of what Jesus described in Mark 4, goes into the ground, does the thing, does the, you know, I, I kind of know, but at the same time, how does that happen? How does one tree grow into a forest? So that one tree that did that one tree that did some weird miraculous thing in the ground that produced fruit of itself that somehow multiplied and grew to a tree. How does that tree multiply? And then you leave and then some things fall to the ground and, you know, all of that stuff and it grows again. And you come back years later, and you got a whole force. How does that happen? You see, the supernatural God and the supernatural factor that God promises to us as we participate in this law of seed time and harvest, it's multiplication. And that's what that is. That's your miracle. That's the miracle of provision. Seed time and harvest and God's portion of multiplication. So what does this mean? It sounds great, Joe, but like, what does this mean? It means, thankfully, it means that God has already promised and made a way for your and I's next financial miracle, no matter what the cost is. It means that God has already promised and made a way for your and I's next financial miracle, even if we the ones who screwed up and created the problem that we need the miracle to get out of. So my next question is, what are we waiting on? What have we been waiting on? You know, faith comes by hearing. And so I think it's very important that we hear these things. And even myself, like I've been studying this for a few years and when you realize that everything in life revolves around seed time and harvest, what are the very first words that God said to Adam and Eve? I bless you, be fruitful, multiply. And by the way, you're gonna do that. The way you're gonna do that is by seed time and harvest. When you realize the importance of that, and even the importance of how that translates to being faithful with little rule over much, it's the same principle. This is of utmost importance. And so we need to hear about it. So if you didn't know, you know, no condemnation. Or if you forgot it, and, and if you used to be very passionate about this and faith-filled about this, no condemnation. You know, sometimes we need a refresher. We need to be told things again and reminded. So that's what we're doing today. I'm not assuming you don't know this. All right, I'm not assuming there's anyone necessarily on the camera that doesn't know this. All I'm doing is coming with God's heart that I feel is to encourage you to stay. hey, stop waiting on me. Okay? Stop waiting on me. 
So let me ask you a question. Where does the seed come from? So if our job, you know, our job is to sow, to sow, where does the seed come from? You might be like, well, Joe, I need a seed. What's my seed? I don't know what your seed is necessarily in this moment because there's many types of seeds. And one of the easiest ones and one of the most prevalent ones is money. A seed produces after its own kind. That's the truth. That's biblical. We need money to change the world. You're going to want money. You're either going to go to work for it or you're going to go to God for it or you're just going to pretend like you don't need it and life is great without it. Life ain't great without it. We live in an economic world. God set it up that way. There's lots of corruption. He didn't set that up, but he did set it up with his law of seed time and harvest. So where does the seed come from? Well, again, in 2 Corinthians 9, it says, verse 10, that this generous God who supplies abundant seed to the sower which becomes bread for our meals. So right there in verse 10, we see that it's God's job to even provide us with the seed. So if you don't see seed in your life, you should ask God, God, what's my seed? I've been in positions where I actually, <laughs> I needed money. I didn't have money to sow, but I knew I needed to harvest. So what I did was I, I found a pen cap. This is silly. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I, I tithe a church pen, like legit. I put a church pen in the envelope and I'm pr pretty sure I put my name on it. There's other times where I'm, I'm telling you, I'm blessed. I, I'm very blessed and I'm thankful for that. Um, but, but this didn't come without putting these principles into motion. You know, I remember another time where I had nothing on but my gold watch. That's all I had and that was the best I had. I didn't have money at home. I didn't have money in my pocket. I had my phone and my watch. I'm like, well, it'd be weird to get, for me to give a shoe, you know, and I can't get my phone because I need my phone. I'm in a whole nother country. I got to go back to Buffalo and I use this for work. So I'm like, I guess that's my watch. So my watch went into that envelope. I'm not telling you to do that. But all I'm telling you is that if you ask, God will show you some seed. You are never without seed. God says, God says through Paul that God will supply your seed. So where does seed come from? That comes from God. I'm thankful for that too, because I don't have to go out and like produce seed, you know? And like once you get into the flow of sowing and reaping, you have more and more seed. You get to enjoy more. You get to eat more bread. You get to do all of that stuff, but you have more and more seed. And once that happens, don't stop the flow. Don't stop the flow. No condemnation if you have, you just gotta start back over. It's easiest to keep something moving when it's already going. Don't stop the flow. Next question, who does the multiplying? In this equation of seed time and harvest and the miracle of provision, multiplication, who does the multiplying? That should be easy. God does the multiplying. Again, 2 Corinthians 9, it says, for he supplies every need plus more and he also multiplies the seed, keyword, as you sow it. As you sow it. I remember a time where I needed a new car. Okay, and I put this into work, so I'm gonna share this. I, I, this isn't something I brag on. I needed a new car, and <laughs> I determined in my heart that I'm gonna get a new car. I don't know how, I'm gonna scratch and scrape, but like, Lord, as soon as I get a new car, I made this promise to, to the Lord. If you make a promise, do your best to keep it. Um, but as soon as I get a new car, I'm going to give this one one away. And I kid you not, as soon as I made that decision, a new car came in supernaturally. Paid for. I didn't pay a dime for. And I've been driving for the past three years that I still don't pay a dime for. There's always a seed. There's always a seed. There's always a seed. And there's always grace if you're willing. Hear me out. I made that decision before I even got the car. And as soon as I made that decision in my heart, Lord, I want to be a sower. I want to be generous. I'm going to sow this vehicle as a seed. Who does it go to? 
Next day, I walk into work, my boss is talking about something. You've only been here six, seven months. We usually, we, we, we wanted to do this after a year. This is the first time we've done this, but we're thinking about buying a company vehicle. How's that sound? How's that sound? That sounds great. That sounds like some supernatural harvest and some supernatural favor. That's how that sounds. So next question, rhetorical question by now, hopefully. Who does the sewing? Second Corinthians 9. We do the sewing. That's our job. See, we have a job. Say this with me. Say this with me. Um, I know you're in church, but it's okay to respond, all right? Um, <laughs> say this. Say, I'm the sower. He's the grower. Say it again. I'm the sower, and he's the grower. You see, God has a job. Yes. Yes, we do wait on him, okay? We do wait on him because we have an expectation of something he's going to do, but we don't wait with the expectation of something he's going to do without utilizing what he's already done. And he's already promised this. We don't need to wait on a financial miracle. You may need to wait on wisdom. You may need to wait on a word or some timing or the know-how to do it or the know-how of where to do it, but we don't need to wait on God for a miracle of provision. He's blessed us. And this law of seed time and harvest, it's still here. And I wanna say this, like we, we've all heard this before, right? Seed time and harvest, or what goes around comes around, and karma. And growing up, man, I heard it a lot in the negative way. It's like, oh, God saw that. You're gonna reap, you're gonna reap what you sow. And unfortunately, I got into a lot of trouble as a kid. So growing up and getting into a lot of trouble, I always had that in the back of my mind that, man, like all this stuff is gonna catch up to me one day. Like we've all heard it. Karma, you know, do good, get good. What you put out what you, is what you're gonna get in. What goes around comes around. And like I said, man, I got in trouble. I was a lovable kid, but I was lost, you know? And I did stupid things. Like I was always in trouble. So I was very well aware and I heard a lot about this, what goes around comes around. I was the kid, legit, I was the kid who went from Buffalo to North Carolina. I was in school. I had 53 refer, you know what write-ups are or referrals? I had 53 in one year. 53, 53 write-ups. That's 53 detentions, 53 principal. It's to the point where there's just like, whatever. So I got kicked out of school and sent to boot camp. Who gets kicked out of boot camp? I got kicked out of boot camp. I got kicked out of the place that they send you when you get kicked out of school so that you learn good and do good. You've seen those TV shows. Like, I got kicked out of boot camp. So what they do? They sent me to an alternative school. Now this is where the worst of the worst was. The thugs, the gangsters, you know, people who, if you got sent to this alternative school, you know you did something bad. And um, <laughs> it was metal detectors. It was just crazy. It was crazy. And then who gets kicked out of an alternative school? Me. So I know what it's like to just, you know, I, I've heard this before. What goes around comes around. I've done a lot of foolish things, okay? I've robbed, I've stole, I've done all sorts of just, I, I'll share this. This has nothing to do with my message, but one time I got in trouble for eating a kid's solar system project. Who does that? The teacher got mad at me. This is sixth grade. I, I'm so serious. I got a write-up for this. This is how many stupid write-ups I got, all right, before me to get, even get kicked out of school. So I just did a lot of foolish things. So I'm used to the, what goes around comes around, man. You go, you go reap a lot of bad in your life. I heard it, I heard it my whole life, okay? So I, the teacher put me in the back of the class. His name was Mr. Seltzer. He always wore Hawaiian shirts. Mr. Seltzer, doubt you ever see this, but thanks. 
Um, so he puts me in the back of the class, you know, you get sent to the back of the class to learn a lesson, and it was Solar System Project Day, me and my grandfather had worked on mine, and I'm back here with all of these solar system projects, and this was like the class where you were in there for like three hours before you go to other classes. So I'm just back there, isolated from the rest of the class, can't really pay attention, and there's these solar system projects next to me, and this one girl made her solar system project out of Dum Dum Pops and candy bars, still wrapped, and I got hungry, so I ate, and I got in trouble. Um, all that to say, I'm used to the whole thing of what goes around, comes around, and do bad, get bad, all of that. I heard it all my life. But what does this mean in the spirit? Thank God for Jesus, right? Man, Jesus came, and when you repent, and when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, and you confess it, man, all that stuff's wiped clean. Wiped clean. And then that blessing that was pronounced on, on, on Adam and Eve, on Noah, on Abraham, and the blessing of Jesus, the blessing of the Lord, that's on our lives now. That's on our lives and there's grace to cover our mistakes, but seed still produces a harvest. And there's miracle, there's a miracle in the multiplication. So that's your financial miracle, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a miracle that God has already signed up for. You see, he's already blessed us. He's already chosen like, yes, this is the way I want you to do it. Go son, go daughter, go get them. You have my permission to do this. You don't need my permission to do this. You have my permission to do this. Why would we keep waiting for permission? He has already said yes to this. And check this out. He's instructed us to live by it. So if you think about that, that adds a whole new level to it. Obedience would be, yes, Lord. I don't quite understand it. I don't quite understand the whole multiplication factor, but I'm going to do it. And this will work. This works, this works, this works, this works. What this means is that there's no limits on you. What this means is that they, they can't determine your income. What that means is that your education, your education can't determine your ceiling. You see, this will work if you're white, this will work if you're black, this will work if you're seven years old, if you're 70 years old, if you live in Antarctica, if you live in Uganda or Buffalo, if you're in debt, if you've never seen a financial miracle before in your life, that's okay. No time like the presence to start today. Again, I've seen this work in my own life. That's why I'm so very passionate about it. And honestly, again, it's, I really attribute the blessings in my life to this thing of seed time and harvest. And you may be thinking like, well, yeah, well, well a lot of the, the blessings are because of favor. You know, a lot of those blessings that you, you're attributing to might not be seed time and harvest. It might just be because you're, you're blessed. I am. But I wouldn't be blessed without Jesus. And Jesus was a seed. I have a whole lot of time to get into that, but for God so loved the world, for God so loved you and I that he gave, that he gave, that he gave Jesus. Why? So that whosoever should receive will reap eternal life. So that he gave with the so that, which is a harvest. So even God gives and expects a harvest. So yeah, I'm blessed because of seed time and harvest. You're blessed because of seed time and harvest. And we together can experience more and more blessings because of this principle. We're not toiling, we're not taking credit. We're only operating with what our Father has already done. Again, for as long as the earth remains, this thing will be here. Why not take access to it? Why not take it for granted? So for therefore, let me translate it this way. As long as the earth remains, the government can't predict our finances. As long as the earth remains, your employer does not determine your income. And as long as the earth remains, God is not responsible for holding back on any of us Christians. 
in the area of provision, no matter what the cost is, no matter what it costs. And even better, <laughs> like I like to say, if you yourself are the one who got you in that sticky situation, because most of the times it's because of us. I, I know it'd be because of me. So I'm just taking notice on that. And God's still here. It still works. You see, the miracle of provision where God multiplies our seed sown as we participate with his laws of seed time and harvest. That's our financial miracle. So as I'm saying this, you might be like, OK, so now what? Well, here's the time to buy in. If I were doing a sales pitch or a TED talk or anything like that, this would be where I presented you with it. I've done my introduction. I presented you with the facts. I build the case. Now it's on you. Would you like to buy in on this? It's scriptural. It's there. It's there, guys. It's there. The world wants you to forget about it. The devil wants you to forget about it. He wants you to think that what you sow doesn't matter so that you don't sow. Okay. But if you want to buy in, this is how we can participate. The Lord gave me three, three areas, just three ways, three quick ways. There's, um, there's many, there's more, there's more. You know, I, I heard Brother Keith Moore say, what's the answer to 99 questions? Be led. So there's more to this, but I have three for you, okay? This is what God gave me to, for us today. Three things, three easy things that if we want to buy in, he gave me for this message that we can implement easily and quickly and get things flowing and turned around, okay? So number one, if you want to buy in on this, and if you don't want to receive it, that's okay. Spend more time with it. Talk to the Lord about it. But number one, if you want to buy in on this, seek wisdom. You see, as a born-again believer, we have the spirit of wisdom already inside of us. The very spirit of God will tell you what to sow and when. Okay? And, and James, in the Bible, New Testament, the, word, the Bible tells us that if we need wisdom, ask of God. He gives freely and he won't hold it against you. All right. So and John 10, 27, we're his sheep. We know his voice. OK, now the way that you hear from God may be different than mine. Sometimes it's an unction. Sometimes it's a knowing. Sometimes it's a you heard it. Sometimes it's a you dreamt it. Sometimes it's a you thought it. Sometimes it's a you read it. Sometimes it's a whatever. Sometimes it's a spontaneous idea. OK, but seek wisdom. And practice asking, where do I sell and how much do I sell? Okay, where do I sell and how much do I sell? You know, I used to be, I dealt with a lot of fear when I came in, when I first came into Christianity, not fear of necessarily something bad happening to me or I'm afraid of scary movies. I was never that kind of guy, just wasn't. But I was always afraid of doing too much or getting in trouble because that, that's what I experienced for my whole life. You know, it just is what it is. That's, that's how it was for me growing up. Um, and so I remember that I would always think like, oh, man, what if I give too much like prematurely? Or what if I, God's only asked me to get five and I get 50? Or what if I give 50 or, you know, vice versa? And someone said something to me in passing. He was like, Joseph, you'll never get in trouble for giving too much. So seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Let's learn to ask, where do we sow and how much do we sow? Okay. Point number two, if you do want to buy in on this, the miracle of provision, all right, financial miracle, which comes from seed time and harvest, where God multiplies our seed as we sow. Okay. Point number two, if you want this, is be ready and willing to sow different types of seeds. All right. There's three different types of seeds that the Lord gave me for this. Number one is scripture. It's the word, Mark, Mark chapter four, not Mark Farker. All right, Mark chapter four talks a lot about that. 
All right, That's a, that should be a famous passage in this house. That applies to everything. That applies to everything in life, everything. He is clearly defining and making the correlation between the kingdom of God, God's ways of doing things and living, and seed time and harvest. Okay, so the first type of seed is scripture, the word. We live in an inside out world, okay? What do you need? What do you want? What does God promise? Get it in you. Get it in you and it'll come out, okay? Seed number two is material, all right? It could be something like my, my funny pen, which I don't know if I technically stole that pen because it was the church's pen, but I feel like they give it to you. They kind of give you the pens. So it might have been my pen, but either way it worked. Um, material. So now that could be money. Okay. That could be my testimony as I was believing for a car and I determined to sell my car. Okay. I've even heard crazy testimonies of people believing for airplanes and they sell their own airplane or whatever. You want a new pair of shoes? Sweetheart, you want a new pair of shoes? You want that new purse? You want that new Louis Vuitton? Ask the Lord, should I sell the one that I have? Because think about it. When you sell it, He's not going to give you equal back. He's going to give you better. I don't know who that was for, but um, when you get it, send me a picture, you know? So seed number two is material. And again, there's lots of seeds, but we're only touching on three today. Seed number one is the scripture. That's the word, get it in you. Seed, and that produces of its, on its own, okay? You put abundance in you, you're going to live in abundance. Seed number two is material, money. Honestly, if you need money, so money. If you don't have money, ask the Lord, what do I have? You may say time, something that's equated to money. You know, take some time off your work and go serve some, or do something or help someone, all right? But material, and remember that a seed produces after its own kind, all right? So if you want money, you sow money. You want tomatoes, you sow tomato seeds. If you want pineapples, I think you plant a pineapple seed. I think so, a pineapple tree or a stalk, and then a, that makes sense to me, that makes sense to me. So if you want pineapples, you plant for pineapples, right? And if you want money, if you want a miracle of provision, if you need a miracle of provision in your life, I don't care if you only have a dime. Ask the Lord, is this my seed? And then point number three, as far as seeds go, and this might be the best one because it ties all the other ones together. Point number three, if you want to buy in on this, is obedience. Obedience. Because sometimes what the Lord may ask you to do and sow doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's all you have. Sometimes it's something you wasn't even thinking about. There's been times where I've been prepared to sow a financial seed and God said, uh-uh, I want you to do this. I'm like, well, that's weird. I have my heart set on this. And maybe he may ask you to sow something completely outside of the box. Think about Peter fishing, all right? We're talking about a seed of obedience. Peter came in, you remember his famous first encounter with Jesus, he cleared the nets, all of his guys are like, this is done, we're, we're, we're over, we're screwed, we got nothing. And what does Jesus say? Go back out into the deep, cast forth your nets again. And Peter's like, Lord, we fished all night. What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm the fisherman here. I'm the professional, literally by trade, businessman, fisherman. I know how the fish market works. I know how the stock market works. Like, what do you mean go back out there and fish again? And guess what? If he wouldn't have, I don't know that we'd ever experienced Peter in the Bible the way that we did now, the way that we do now. He was obedient. He went back out. He said, okay, Lord, <laughs> be it unto me, whatever. Let's, let's, let's do this. It don't make sense, but I'm going to do it. And then even in 1 Kings 17, 16, with the, women of, with the woman of Zarephath, you know, God sent provision to her and she was working on her last and 
It didn't make sense, but the prophet said, hey, go and, you know, go read it yourself. I can only paraphrase in this moment right here, right now, just because of time's sake. But go, go do what you planned, okay? Go do what you planned, but before you do that, do this thing and bring me some first. Think about what this would have been feeling. Like, what? I just told you this is my last, me and my son about to eat this and die. Like, why? 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 Like, why would you want me to do that? You didn't even ask me for a piece. You said, bring you some first? Like, think about that. Who would do that in the natural? But God did. Obedience. She did it. And I'm sure on her way to the house to go get that, she's probably thinking like, this is crazy. I'm, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna roll. I'm like, God, okay, I'm gonna trust you. I'm just gonna do it. If we're gonna die, we're gonna die anyway. <laughs> I might as well try it. And that seed of obedience, guys, produced so much to where she always had more than enough. The Bible says she always had more than enough. It doesn't say that ever ended. It said she always, had more than enough. So if you want to buy in, point one was seek wisdom. Point two was be ready and willing to sow different types of seed. And then point three, which I believe is a big one. I'm just going to say it. I didn't want to say it, but I feel like the Lord is requiring me to say it. Point number three is forgive. Forgive. 